Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Your guide to protecting your personal health. Bringing you simplified answers to the complex questions surrounding healthcare. Everything from cancer to liver transplants. Nutrition. Exercise. My yoga and Pilates instructor, Dana Goodale. Mental health and even pet care. Dr. Wayne Hunthausen, Westwood Animal Hospital. Empowering you to take control of your health and wellness. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy. Just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. And now, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Our producer, Mr. Darren Wilhite. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. 152 affiliates strong. Thanks to all of you in the listening audience. If you would like to follow me on Facebook, you can do that at Kerry Hall or America's Healthcare Advocate. There are two Facebook pages. Uh, You can go to either one of those. I think they've melded them together or something. But anyway, um, there are two pages. The name, C-A-R-Y, very easy, Hall, H-A-L-L, if you want to follow me on Facebook. The website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you have questions, I have guests in studio. I'm not taking calls on the air, but you can call if you have questions for me about anything revolving around health insurance, health care, whatever the case may be. I am happy to help you. 877-385-2224. Operators are standing by. They will take your calls. You will not be put on the air, but you can tell them what your question, concern, or thought is, and we will get back to you after the broadcast. You can also send me an email from that website, that's right, from americashealthcareadvocate.com, and I will answer that email. Um, Usually takes me a day or two because I get a few, as you can only imagine, but I'm happy to do that. Okay, so today I have brought back in studio with me Casey Seitz from Northwestern Mutual. Now, a lot of you, after we did that show, I think it was last year, wasn't it, Casey? It was, last yeah, fall. Yeah, it was last fall. Uh, really um, responded to this and, and, and wanted to know more and responded directly to Casey, and I got a lot of feedback on it as well. Casey is a financial advisor, special needs planning specialist. She is with Northwestern Mutual, very well-respected company. Um, I happen to have... Uh, uh, a life insurance policy with him I've had for a lot of years. Um, they do a lot of things. Casey, as I said, is a financial advisor, um, and, and she is here to talk to us. But we're going to talk about kids with special needs, the challenges it presents to families and parents. I think I mentioned last time my niece has a Down syndrome child, um, and and we're you know in our family we're very aware of this um, and very aware of the challenges it presents. But here's some things that I think you you might find interesting. And then I'm going to ask Casey to give us a little background on her, and we'll go from there. This is interesting. Listen to this. 69% of families with special needs are concerned about being able to provide lifetime care for their dependents with special needs. Makes sense, right? 68% have not written a will. Seriously? Okay. 88% of the parents have not set up a special needs trust. And we'll tell you why that's something you might want to consider. 72% haven't named a trustee. All right. 84% have not written a letter of intent. 
53 have not identified, 53% have not identified a guardian, 59% agree there's too little information available about financial assistance, and 78% do not have any form of comprehensive special needs financial life plan in place, meaning that if something happens to you and you've got a special needs child, what happens to the child? What happens when the child's 25 or 26 and you're 90, okay, or whatever the case may be? So that that's my point and the reason we brought Casey back because this is really a highly specialized area. It's all she does. She does it really well. So let's talk a little bit about you. You do, okay? Thank you. And I got the feedback on this. So, so let's talk a little bit about your background and then how you came to this. And then I want you to tell your story because this is about more than just being a career track for you. You've got a special needs child with some very serious special needs. So let's talk about, first of all, talk about how you came to this, and then let's sure. talk about your daughter. Well, so thanks, Carrie. I um, I actually had a career in business marketing management for 15 years before my husband and I, gosh, we've been married 11 years now this fall, uh, had our first child. And our first daughter, Hudson is her name, was um, a very healthy pregnancy, but during labor, um, she became deprived of oxygen uh, due to a placental abruption. So I was basically bleeding internally. Um, it was a very serious situation. Uh, both her life and my life were threatened. And she did not come out unscathed from that situation. So um, she had a birth injury that was labeled as HIE grade 2 to 3, which is basically very severe brain damage due to oxygen deprivation. So as a result, I have now an eight-year-old who is in a wheelchair, G-tube dependent. Um, she has cortical visual impairment. She cannot speak, although if you look at her from the outside, there's a person in there. She is learning to communicate. I've got a picture right here. Yeah, she's yeah. a beautiful girl. She, she smiles a lot. She works really hard at therapy in school. Um, but she does. She will need lifetime supports. There will have to be someone around to take care of her 24-7 because she can't do it for herself. When we had Hudson, and again, I was in business management at the time, um, I went to a financial advisor actually uh, here locally to our family. And while he was very smart and great guy, just did not have this experience. So we were asking a lot of questions about where should we put money? How should my parents leave money to her in their estate that will not affect her benefits? You know, what benefits does she have access to? We had lots of questions and he really couldn't answer those. And so that took me aback a little bit. And at, at the time I was in financial services, I just wasn't serving clients. So I went around to my network and asked, hey, who, who does this? Somebody's got to do this. And I looked all over the country. And the answer was? Just a handful of people. That's what I thought. Yeah. Just a handful of people. And that was um, terrifying, actually, to me. Because how could this be? I'm not the first special needs parent. Of course not. Um, so it became my mission at that point that we, as a community, and my responsibility that was sort of laid on my heart through Hudson's arrival was we need a national model around special needs planning because it does not exist. So here I am, seven years later, after starting my practice at Northwestern Mutual. I have clients in over 26 states, um, and I was not wrong. This is a very big need. It is an extremely underserved um, group of families all over. And I really enjoy my work because it allows me to sit next to another mom or dad and talk about pretty intense and emotional conversations. Well, that, obviously, you know, looking at your daughter and all the challenges she faces and all the things that she has to deal with, right. uh, 
it's one thing to be a third party, you know, administer whatever the case. It's something else to be that person. It is. So I would have to think that that gives you a certain insight, empathy, and ability to understand where these people are coming from and the concerns that they have because they're the exact same concerns that you had Absolutely. when you started doing this. Absolutely. And, you know, our daughter's very complex medically. I mean, she, she again, needs everything done for her. Now, that's not every family I meet with. Some families, like you said, your niece's daughter has Down syndrome, yeah. right? Still going to need some supports, but hopefully we can have some independence at some point, too. We still have to talk about how to maximize benefits, how to protect those benefits, how to plan financially for our children. And God forbid, you know, if the, the parents are killed in an automobile accident or, you know, a plane crash, whatever the case may be, what happens right. if that child's not with them and that she's not injured or part of that? What happens? Who steps in? And yeah, and I think a lot of parents have that fear for sure. Yeah. Right? I, I meet moms who say, well, I'm, I'm just never going to die. Yeah. Well, okay. that, you know, that <laughs> that's an idea. It's probably not a good plan. Yeah. Well, as my wife says, nobody's getting out of here alive. Right. Okay? Exactly. So, so I, I've often found it's better to at least have something on paper that we are comfortable with that really gives families a lot of peace once it's done. But getting through that process and deciding who takes care of my child, where will they live socially, what are they going to be doing? And then how much is that going to really cost net of their benefits? And that's really what we're talking about, right, is planning for a second generation or a long-term dependent. So not only do my families have retirement to talk about, right? They get another layer. We now have another layer. Yeah. We have another 20, 30 years of planning to do. Yeah. So, you know, the um, the that button where you push and it says, that was easy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I should name the brand. But anyway, you know, you push. Yeah. Yeah. People come to me and say, retirement planning. And I say, oh, yeah, that, that's that, super that part, easy. That come that to my world that, where that, that it's a little more easy. complex. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is a little more complex. If you're wondering, by the way, um, you know, we did this. This show's running out nationally to all of our affiliates. Casey is here in Kansas City. But you heard her say that she works in 26 states. Basically, she can help anybody anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to reach out to her, 913-940-5634, 913 913-940- 5634 or casey.sites and it's spelled k-a-c-y by the way dot sites s-e-i-t-z at n-m.com that that that's her direct email address we're going to come back after the break we're going to get in the weeds on some of this stuff now and start talking about well what benefits what what's provided by the government what are you eligible for and how much jeopardy do you put that in if you make financial plans without understanding the impact that may have on those benefits. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Here on the HIE Radio Network, you can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you've got questions or comments, send me an email. Go to the Facebook page. Either one, it doesn't matter. I'll be happy to get back to you, respond. I get 
questions from people all over the country all the time. If I can help you, I am happy to do that. My producer, Mr. Darren Wilhite, I'm your host, Kerry Hall. In studio with me again uh, is Casey Seitz of Northwestern Mutual. You know, the last time we did this show, I asked Casey what the feedback was. She said a lot of grandparents called. So, <laughs> so yeah, and I'm a grandparent, okay, and I've got three grandchildren, trust me, okay? Grandparents are concerned about this stuff. And, and, and so, you know, again, if you want help, you just want to talk to her. She's got a world of experience. She understands this. She's got a special needs child with huge challenges. So she gets it, okay? You can reach her anywhere in the country. Call her, 913-940-5634, Northwestern Mutual, great company, national company. They've got programs. She's got, she knows how to handle these issues, and she's very, very good at it. You can also email her at Casey, K-A-C-Y dot sites, S-E-I-T-Z at N-M dot com, Casey sites at N-M dot com. You know, it's interesting to me. When I, when I first I was sitting doing show prep, looking at these notes that you gave me, and, and this 84, 88% of parents have not set up a special needs trust. The other one that floored me, I really knocked my socks off, was 68% don't have a will? What? So I got to ask you, does that child, if there's no will and there's nothing set up, does that child have a risk of becoming a ward of the state? Absolutely. Oh, my God. You're Absolutely. serious. I did Absolutely. not even. Yeah, and when we talk about that in the workshops that I do across the country, that's probably the biggest eye-opener for most parents or caregivers is, I had no idea. What do you mean? I said, yeah, they'll, they'll go into social services unless you have legal documentation wow. saying otherwise. Holy cow. But that's for typical children as well, Carrie. So whether you have a special needs child, yeah, grandchild I, or not, you do need to have an estate yeah. plan. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, again. The impact in this particular much situation. bigger, and first of all, you know there isn't. I'm sorry to say this, people. It is what it is. Okay, um, there's not a, a family services program by any state out there um, that is something you probably want to think your child's going to go into. No, I, I just <laughs> no. I can I, tell you for a fact. Okay, I've got a daughter that practices law in California, and she was appointed to represent children in 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 situations like this, and I could tell you horror stories on how this stuff works. It's not good, mm-hmm. okay? And to think that 88% of the parents have not set up a trust and 68% don't have a will, holy it's cow. Scary. It's very scary. And, you know, the other part of that, too, is those that have set up a special needs trust, okay? So I meet a lot of families who say, yeah, we did get that done several years ago. We haven't looked at it in a while. My next question to those who have done it is, is it funded? Yeah. What good is it if there's nothing in it? It's just a fancy piece of legal paper that you paid a lot of money for that really isn't going to be functional. Right. right? The whole point is that we have a funding plan for that special needs trust so that we can then provide for that lifetime dependent. And, and, and you know, people listening is going, well, you know, we don't, we don't, maybe we don't have the money to do that. I mean, maybe we don't have the money to – you can – Correct me if I'm wrong here because I could be off base, but could you not buy a life insurance policy, put it inside that trust, and if you're killed, that child has— Pretty inexpensively, you can leverage a lot of wealth. Yeah. Tax-free. And and interesting enough, when my kids were born, I did just that. I bought a Northwestern Mutual policy on every child, all of which happen to still be enforced today. They don't know that, but they are, unless they're listening to (laughs) show today. They might know now. Yeah, they do now. (laughs) A lot of cash value sitting in those things these days. But the point is, there are creative ways to do this that you can do it. They're not expensive. No. 
okay? And so you put 150, 200, 300, whatever it is, inside a life insurance policy, and if something happens, bingo, that child is taken care of. Well, and nobody's gonna take that money away from them. Right, the other thing that I found too, Carrie, is that not just in, hey, we're parents and we're responsible now financially for our own retirement, as well as this next generation, right, this, this lifetime dependent, most families don't know how to maximize the benefits for that child. Okay, so let's talk about that. And 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 that's a, I don't know if we're going to get all the way through that because that's a really interesting topic. So there are yeah. The other thing is how what benefits are available. Number one, mm-hmm. as you said, maximum. And how do you keep those from conflicting over here on the other side mm-hmm. with what you're trying to set up privately to take care of your child? So let's go. Really good question. So the biggest premise here, and probably the biggest takeaway, I always educate families on, is we never want to have more than two thousand dollars, no matter which state you live in. We never want to have more than two thousand dollars in your child with special needs in their name. So we don't want $2,000 in their own bank account. We don't want $2,000 or more in a cash value life policy. We don't want a, a, a uniform transfer to Miners Act account, an UTMA or an UGMA. We don't want a college 529 plan. And, and why is that? Because once those children become adults or they turn 18, they are eligible usually based on their disability for federal programs like Medicaid, Social Security Supplemental Income, or SSI, and sometimes even local and state benefits that require means testing, meaning we can't, again, have more than $2,000 in your name, and we can't have a certain amount of income. You know, that's really funny because I was talking to somebody who had reached out to me for the show, and they were relocating. And I said, well, where are they going? Are they going to Missouri, or are they coming in from another state? And she said, well, they're going to Kansas. I said, and what made them choose Kansas? They had a special needs child. The benefits. And the Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't know that. So the, that's the ben- now, Missouri's got some pretty decent benefits. I know that because my niece is in St. Louis and it, it, it is active in this mm-hmm. particular issue. But I did not. Re- Kansas has a better benefit program. Sometimes. Yeah. It well, depends on the diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you know, it is important to know. Mm-hmm. What's what? Yeah, and Medicaid and SSI, right? Those are federally funded, right? But they're run by the state, right? Which also means we have another layer then of administration and expense. So if you have a state that's underfunding their benefits, not ideal for families because that money's not coming and trickling down, right? Like Illinois people, <laughs> just, just so you know, all of you out there listening in Chicago land and Southern Illinois with this show broadcast, yeah. yeah, Illinois has got some issues. So we work with a national benefits expert. This is someone or an organization that is very fluent with adults and children who have disabilities and what specific benefits we can maximize. Because the reality is, you know, we want to make sure that if we can get as much SSI as we can for that child, we want to do it because that lives with them forever. Right. And so that's less financial pressure than on mom and dad. Right. Or grandparents who want to leave something. So the whole, this whole planning process can be a little complex, but if we break it down into some of these bite-sized pieces, I find families can do one step at a time. You can do this one checkbox at a time, and then the whole plan eventually comes together where we're maximizing what they can receive from federal, state, and local programs. Uh, we know exactly what needs to go into the special needs trust because we've done that analysis. And then lastly, all right, now if there's anything extra, grandparents or others want to leave, great, that's just... And how do you leave it and not conflict the other benefits? Right. So the government steps and goes, hey, you got too much, we're not going to give you this or we're not going to give you that. Right. Which happens. Which is where the special needs trust comes in. Anything we put in the special (laughs) needs trust will not be counted against that child. Complex, right? Doesn't have to be. 
Um, if you if you want to talk to her about this, just call her any place in the country. I don't care where you are. You're listening to me in Florida or you're up in uh, Oregon, whatever the case may be, 913-940-5634. She'll be happy to chat with you or her email, casey.sites at nm.com. We'll be right back after the break with more. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting on the HI radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Stay tuned. I'll be back with more with Casey Sites. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocature, broadcasting coast to coast across the Fruited Plain here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Our producer, the always perfect Mr. Darren Wilhite. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. Coming up in this segment, we're going to continue this fascinating conversation uh, with Casey Seitz, who is a special needs financial planner. That's all she does, people. Um, and she's very, very good at it. Um, we got a lot of feedback from you asked me to bring her back on to talk about this. People all over the country, as she said, a lot of grandparents called. Um, uh, if you want to talk to her, I don't care where you are. She's She works with people now in 26 states. She can help you anywhere. 913-940-5634. Hey, maybe you just want to have a conversation and say, you know, I'm doing this. Am I doing the right thing or am I not doing the right thing? She can tell you that, okay? 913-940-5634 or send her an email at Casey, K-A-C-Y dot sites, S-E-I-T-Z at N-M dot com. That N-M is from Northwestern Mutual. All right. So let's talk about, we're going to talk about guardianship and estate planning, but let's, let, let's get into this whole ABLE thing. And I know um, Tennessee, yeah, no, Kentucky, Kentucky just passed the ABLE laws um, because the state financial, uh, the, the state financial officers foundation, the, the woman who is now the chair there, Allison Ball, who is the treasurer for the state of Kentucky, um, was, was um, instrumental in getting this thing put in place. So, Talk about what ABLE laws are. We have them in Kansas, Missouri. A host of sure. states have them. Explain what they are first. So what an <laughs> ABLE account is, and by the way, ABLE, A-B-L-E, stands for Achieving a Better Life Experience. So this came from about eight different families who had special needs children that lobbied with Congress for close to six years, seven wow. years, to get this law passed. Yeah. President Obama signed it into law December of 2014, and then it was up to all the states to enact it. Right. Right. So you talk about Kentucky just coming online. Yep. Kansas and Missouri have had theirs for a little over a year, year and a half now. Mm -hmm. Um, But close to 42 states, I believe, now have ABLE accounts. Now, if you live in a state that doesn't offer an ABLE account, the federal regs allow you to open any state's ABLE. So if you have a child with special needs and you happen to live in one of the states that doesn't offer it, it you can still use them. Could you, does, any, does any particular state come to mind that doesn't have it? Um, well, California just came online not too long well, ago. I would have thought they would be one of the first ones leading the charge. I know, us too. And um, they, they needed to do their own. So they spent about a million dollars creating their own well, custom they software. They have their own EPA. And, they yes. have, my, I have two daughters <laughs> that live in California. Trust me, we used to live there. California likes to duplicate everything the federal government does. Their own does. way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's why. They came yeah. on a little late. Um, yeah. Florida was one of the first. Missouri and Ohio. Actually, Ohio was the very first ABLE account to come online. But anyway, so these are uh, an account that allow you to put money up to $15,000 per calendar year. Wow. 
into this account that you can invest. You don't have to invest it. It can just sit in cash if you would like it to. But it does not affect your child or adult with disabilities eligibility for Medicaid or SSI. So let me ask you a question. <clears throat> if you're funding um, a 401k or a SEP account, in my case because we we're self-employed owned our own companies, is there a way to move some of that money from one of those accounts over to this to help those children out? Could you do that, or is that not? You wouldn't be able to do it as a direct transfer, but if you were of age to withdraw from those accounts yourself and then you wanted to make a grandparent contribution to the ABLE, yeah, you could do and that. And you're looking right at me when you say that because I am of age right. as of, That's well, right. May. I turned 70 in May, so it's 70 and a half. Yep. My, my, my daughter works at Morgan Stanley and is our financial planner. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So 59 so, and a half would right. be without penalty. Yeah, you could right. withdraw that. And, and so you can it. move out a certain amount of mm -hmm. that money. So back to the grandparent thing, if grandparents yes. want to start moving some of that over and depending on the state you're in for example if you're in missouri or a host of other states pennsylvania comes to mind as well um, you would receive a state tax deduction up to a certain amount for putting money in wow that could be a big deal especially mm -hmm. in places like california that have ridiculous 13 percent yes. state tax rates etc so on top of that that money then grows for that child without right. tax right so it, it is a really nice, it has some nice tax benefits to it. That money then must be spent for the benefit of the child that is on the beneficiary of that ABLE account. So nobody can go in there and take that money out and go say, you know what, I'm going to go buy a new car. No. Okay, that you, you cannot. Okay, that's Correct. very interesting. Unless it was a car for the right, right, adult right, with disabilities. Right. Yeah. Um, the, and, and there's a long list of what you can spend the money on or use it for. Probably the easier list is what you can't use it for. So then that list includes um, cigarettes, <laughs> alcohol. Jesus. Adult entertainment. Amazing. And you cannot withdraw cash from an ATM. Okay, so here's some things you can do with it, okay? <laughs> Education, housing, transportation, employment, trading, assistance, technology, home modification. Yeah, think about that. You know, n now the child's in his 30s or her, um, and they're in a wheelchair like Casey's child. Ramps to get in and out, being able to move around, use a bathroom. There's some very practical things that you can do with this, but you've got to have somebody that understands how, how all of that works. Personal support services. If a, if, a, if a child now turns to an adult and they can't take care of their daily needs, you can have a caregiver come in for a couple hours a day, make sure they get bathed, make sure they get dressed, help them with meals. These are all very practical things that are now available underneath this ABLE account. Correct. Now, Medicaid law tells us that we can only have up to $100,000 in total in these in this account. Really? It's capped out? It's capped per Medicaid. Now, if you have a child who's not on Medicaid, who has private health insurance, for example, then we don't have to worry about that cap. But if they are receiving any kind of Medicaid home and community-based supports, which a lot of my kiddos are, sure, you know, we need to be aware of that. And so once it gets close to that hundred thousand, we just we spend it. We find things to buy. That yeah, but yeah, but, but isn't it wonderful to know that you can do that? Yes. Okay. And at the same time, you're building something for that child as as, as life goes on. That when you're not going to be here anymore, because guess what, folks, none of us are living forever. Um, you, you've provided. You've mm -hmm. left a legacy that allows that child. Um, and, and, you know, most families, you've got two sets of grandparents, you know, some some families that are mixed marriage families, mm -hmm. if you will, have maybe three sets of grandparents, mm -hmm. okay? And, you know, everybody can get on board with this, and if everybody does, everybody does a little, 
may turn out to be a lot. Yeah, I have families who put birthday money in here or yes. Christmas money yeah. or, you know, what, whatever they want to do. I've had families do some fundraising in the community <clears throat> and they use the ABLE account to receive those funds because that makes those contributing feel a little bit better, right? So lots of really good things about this. Um, now, on the, if you walked into your bank or you walked into a financial advisor who ne- didn't necessarily do special needs planning, they may not know about these accounts because they are fairly new still. So you need to know the website, ablenrc, which is ablenationalresourcecenter.org, okay? And you can go there and compare all the different state plans. So if you don't want to open your state's plan, Boy. you can open some other state's plan. <laughs> that, 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 that's a lot. I, I, I can only imagine what deciphering that website would probably look like. So It's not too bad. It's not too bad. But I'll tell you, every state's ABLE account is run by that state's Treasury Department. Okay. So this is not sold by financial institutions or financial advisors, which is probably why most of them don't talk about it. Yeah. That would make perfect sense. Right. So, so who, so who manages the account then? If you're putting money in there, are you able to help manage that account, Casey, or or does the state handle that? The state treasurer have- manages the accounts technically. So they they are the ones who have custody of those assets. And if you want to invest, you make those selections from that state's website. Okay. So they're going to have. You can do this ETF. You can go into this mm-hmm. bond fund. You can buy this mutual fund. And it's it's mostly mutual funds. There's very few that offer individual stocks and bonds. They they keep it very simple from a plan administrator perspective, right? Because these are low cost, low dollar yeah, accounts. But if you if you do like a Vanguard fund. Yeah, it very was a inexpensive. Great, tremendous yeah. track record. I mean, I've got Vanguard and very inexpensive. Uh, yeah, and and very very low fees and you know a great track record of accumulating money over a period of time mm-hmm. and and it's tax free. Yes, that's a big deal. It's a big deal because it compounds. Even better, I the able. NRC.org, that website is run by the National Disability Institute out of Washington, D.C. So they are the primary um, drivers to educate and communicate with families on the ABLE accounts. They had an adult with cerebral palsy timed on how long it would take him to open his own ABLE account. And he had use of one finger. It took him 10 minutes. That means I could probably do it. You could probably do it, Carrie. (laughs) Even you. Who, Even me. That's yes. right, folks. Who doesn't like your yeah. phone so much. Yeah, I know. Your smartphone. Yeah. Yeah. So so the, the, what we're trying to do is educate you today and give you information that if you've got one of these situations in your family, your extended family, hey, maybe it's somebody you go to church with and you see that child every Sunday at church, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, 913-940-5634 is Casey's direct number. You can call her, leave her voicemail. Um, she'd be happy to chat with you and help you any place in the country, give you advice. Her website, her email rather, Casey, K-A-C-Y dot sites, S-E-I-T-Z at N-M dot com. N-M dot com stands for Northwestern Mutual. Casey dot sites at N-M dot com. If you want to send her an email, ask her a question. I'm sure she'd be happy to respond. All right, we come back from the break. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to talk about trusts and why those trusts are important and what you might want to know about those uh, in, in whether or not you should set one up and what you should do if you do. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast-to-coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Our producer, Mr. Darren Wilhite. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. We're going to continue this conversation with Casey Seitz. She is a Northwestern Mutual Special Needs Financial Planner. Really knows her business, folks. She's got a special needs child. Um, we had a lot of demand for her to come back and do the show after we had the last one. So that's why we're back here. If you want to reach out to her anywhere in the country, she handles clients in 26 states. I'm sure she'd be happy to make it 27. Uh, <clears throat> you can reach her at 913-940-5634, 913-940-5634, or casey.sites at nm.com. Casey spelled K-A-C-Y, sites, S-E-I-T-Z, okay? Send her an email. She'll be happy to help you, okay? Um, And trust me, this is complicated stuff, and it's great to have somebody break it down so it makes sense um, and help you with these issues that we've talked about so far. All right, so let's talk about this trust thing. Um, You know, my wife, Lauren, and I have a trust. Actually, it's with um, Mindy. Ward. Yep. uh, Love uh, Mindy. Um, We met through one of your guys, so, Mm -hmm. and, and she's, we had a trust, but she really refined it and did a wonderful job. But and, and So talk about the trust, the whole idea behind trust, and why a trust? Why not sure. just a will? Why do I need a trust? Sure. So a special needs trust, which is what we're talking about in this scenario, specifically is written to allow a family to leave money or assets. It doesn't have to be just money. It could be a house. It could be real estate. It could be a business interest into a special needs trust that then will not count against the person or adult with disabilities for qualifying for Medicaid or SSI or any other programs that are means tested. So it basically allows us to have our cake and eat it too, right? Now, I don't know about you, Carrie, but do you know the SSI maximum amount for 2019? Haven't got a clue. $771 a month. You think you could pay for housing, food, utilities, and everything else you're going to need that, isn't that with $771 a month? No, probably not. No, but we want to maximize it. We we want right. to get what we can. Right. However, the special needs trust thing can come in as a supplement to what SSI is giving our and child. And not affect what you're getting from SSI. Right. But the like bigger it. thing is Medicaid. Medicaid becomes this, this population's health insurance. So if we ruin Medicaid, now we're private paying for health insurance, which is expensive. Yeah. Especially for my daughter. Yeah. Right. So Medicaid's very valuable to protect. Special needs trust allows us to leave money or assets and not affect those valuable benefits. If you want to leave, we go back and going back to the ABLE account. Let's say you have a $100,000 life insurance policy, right? And you say, I'm going to leave this to my son or daughter with special needs. If they are the beneficiary on that special needs tr- or that sp- uh, life insurance policy, you need to remove it immediately. Interesting. Because if $100,000, you die and 100000 goes to them, they're going to be kicked off their benefits right. temporarily right. until all that money's gone yep. or at least down to $2,000, then you can reapply. So where do you put the money? So it either needs to go into an ABLE account, okay. which, if you remember, can only receive 15000 a year. Right. So that's not a solution. No. So now we that's, this is where the special needs trust comes in. Money can go into the Money trust. Money can go into the trust and still be spent on that, that <sighs> child's benefit. Wow. Without kicking them off. Right. So you're, so mm-hmm. you're, and it, the point of this, so you all get this, is you put all the pieces together and you have a whole program that works. You've got the Medicaid, you've got the SSI, you, you've got the ABLE account, and you've got a trust over here that can feed money into the things that person needs. So a couple of things are interesting because we didn't talk about this last time. This business needs interest. A lot of businesses get handed down 
you know, through families, right. second, third, fourth generation. I've got manufacturers in Wichita, manufacturers in southern Illinois, all over the country that, that you know, they're, they're, they're three, four generations back. You can carve out a piece of that and say, that grandchild of mine is going to get 5%, right. or 3%. And if you sell the business, they get X, and it goes into this account. And other siblings can't get in there and mess with it or change it or use or doing because you've got it guaranteed in the trust. Correct. The special needs trust protects that individual's <laughs> inheritance uh, from creditors usually. Yep. From divorces. Yep. From trustees maybe that from unscrupulous good. relatives. Not that that Correct. ever happens, people. <laughs> no, family no, always uh, does what's uh, best for everybody. Not, when everybody gets together and sings Kumbaya when they yeah. read the will. Not now, really. Now, one thing I want to point out too is in order to open an ABLE account, your child must have been diagnosed with some type of qualifying disability prior to age 26. Okay. And you can only have one. We can't have more than one ABLE. Special needs trust, you can open really at any age, most of the time under 65, because that's when we need to do the planning. Yep. Um, and and no limit on how much money or assets we can leave to it, unlike okay. ABLE. Yep. They also can have multiple special needs trusts. You talked about uh, families who have mixed families. Right. So maybe grandparents, number one, want to set up their own special needs trust with their own estate planning in mind right. for that child. And then grandparents, number three, want to do something completely different and disagree with grandparents, number one, for whatever reason. They can have a separate trust administered however they want. So you can really customize this based on family desires without conflicting or hurting harming how cool because you've got all this flexibility now yeah, yeah. so you know maybe one side of the family's got a little more money than the other side and they've got means to do it this way and the other side of the family maybe you know maybe it's a farm community or or, or an agriculture and they don't have a lot of cash but they got a farm that might be worth three or four million dollars right how do you protect a piece of that you put it in this trust so that nobody gets in no messes with it correct um and the money stays there in perpetuity so that, that child uh, moving forward is able to um, uh, yeah. have access to those funds and supplement their needs. So run that, do that SSI number again. I want people to hear this. This is this is what they get from the government. Yeah, if you are able to maximize it, which by the way is it's all all of its oh, own I can process. Only, yeah. yeah. $771 a month in 2019, which, by the way, was a 3% increase over last year. You know, if you're in California, that won't rent a garage, people. No. I'm just telling you, okay? Um, I got two daughters out there and three grandkids. Uh, depending on where you live, that $772 is not going to go a long way. And there's no way somebody can subsist on that kind of money. And if that child can't work... You've got a really big problem. you got to maximize what you're going to do for the long-term planning, for sure. She's Casey Seitz. You can reach her at 913-940-5634, 913-940-5634. Anywhere in the United States, you can even call her from Guam. The The email address, Casey, K-A-C-Y dot Seitz, S-E-I-T-Z, at NorthwesternMutual.com. She'll be happy to help you. Thank you for doing this again. We're going to have to do some more of these. Yeah. Worked out really well. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with this thought from Dr. Martin Luther King. Americans must learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or we will surely perish together as fools. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America. Every day.